Hello, I'm Jack Halford and this is the first episode of the Jack Halford podcast ever on video, but it is actually episode 26, I think, or 27, not sure. There's an audio version too, it's available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts and of course jackhalford.com and now you can watch me on YouTube. Isn't that fantastic? I mean, who wouldn't want to watch me? I'm fucking brilliant. And very good looking, aren't I? Day to day, everyone's just trying to sell you something all the time. I'm walking through town, trying not to buy a takeaway coffee because it costs like three quid. And if I do that five times a week, then that's 15 quid, which is 60 pounds a month, which is, you know, what's that? 600, 720 quid a year on coffee, takeaway coffee, if you do it every day. And it's more than three quid, so it's probably more than that. Rip off. But I like it, so I'll do it if it's social. But I'm not going to do it anymore if I'm just out and on board. That's a waste of money. I'll save you money. It's, it's, it's a cost of living crisis, isn't it? You know what I mean? But yeah, always being sold something, whether it's a product or an ideology. I just don't like it. Everyone's got their own ideas and, and they want to give it to you. And they want to tell you how to live. But I don't want to be told how to live. By the right, by the left, by anyone. I don't want to be on one side or the other. I want to be in my room. I want to be at the gym. I want to be out running. I want to be spending time with my family and spending time with my friends. Writing, making art. Not worrying about what the right thing to say is. Or if someone said the wrong thing. So what? We're all full of shit. We're all bad people sometimes. We're all good people sometimes. No one's perfect. So, everyone can fuck off with their ideas. That mean. But yeah, these screens are drugs. And I get upset the amount of time I spent on them. Spend on them. Advertising is a psychological warfare. Now... I, I always say that advertising is psychological warfare and I feel like a bit of a mastermind when I'm trying to make these reels and TikToks and things because I'm thinking, right, people don't want to be sold something. I don't want to be sold something. When someone's trying to flog something, I, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want, I'm not on here for that. I'm on here to laugh at pictures of dogs, of people jumping off rocks and going into the sea or watching someone break their legs skiing. I don't want to be sold whatever you're selling, a mushroom dog toy or an organic banana. You know, don't want it. So you've got to think, if you're advertising, you've got to think, right, I'm selling an idea. I'm selling me as a person, a personality, blah, blah, blah. And then it's kind of like psychological warfare is what I call advertising these days. It's not about selling a tactile thing. That tactile thing is going to make someone feel a certain way because of the advert. And the advert has nothing to do with the product. It's about creating some kind of emotion that you attach to this thing that is just a thing. 
you know, go into the supermarket, look at all the products and the labels and things, but really all the products are basically the same. It's the labeling and, and the way that things are manufactured that make you feel a certain way. Oh, I like those custard creams more because it's got posh, 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 a packaging on it. No, cheap ones are just as good. There's a box of broken biscuits you can buy at cheap supermarkets like Iceland. And it's like world famous broken biscuits, like three ninety nine, two ninety nine. Get like a kilo of broken biscuits. There's probably no wrong with them, but they've made it a novelty almost by plugging them as broken biscuits. You could even you probably charge more in London for stuff like that. It's all a load of bollocks. That's what it is. It's all a load of bollocks. But yeah, even South Park did an episode about adverts and how they're not really adverts anymore how you go online and there'll be an article about a woman that cheated on her husband and then you click on the article and really it's an advert for selling you a bra or something and they did a whole episode about it it's fantastic South Park has got really good social commentary on everything that's going on and they like to piss off everyone and I like that because I like to piss off everyone I don't like it when people piss me off but I like to do it to other people. Uh, and, and there's a lot of people like that, that, that can't take a joke. I'm one of them people. I, I, don't, I don't like taking the joke. Unless I know you are, because I know you're not being a cunt. You have to know people. Like, people that are friends can say the most horrible things to me. I don't know, it's like, I'll laugh at that. But when it's, you know, fuck them. But everyone else can fuck off, if you know what I mean. Basically, I'm sensitive. But yeah. What have we become? Apes? Apes? You know. Told what to watch. What to say. Censorship. Self-censorship. And policing. In our own homes. On these screens. Through thin air. I think we do self-censor. You know. Because I'll be thinking, oh, I want to put that out. But then I'll think, oh, this might put that person off. But why the fuck do I give a shit what they think? You know, why do you give a shit? We're all going to die. We're going to fucking die. And then you give a shit about what someone else is going to think that you didn't even know you've never even met on the internet. Oh, I'm going to get cancelled. For what? For fucking sharing some picture of a fucking donut or whatever it, whatever it is. It's, it's a load of bollocks. Don't self-censor. Because you want people to like you for who you really are. If you self-censor, then, you know. I mean, sometimes you've got to be quiet because you might be angry and you're not really thinking straight and you'll say something you regret, you'll lose self-respect. But if you really think about something, if you're really passionate about something and you don't tell people about that, they're not really into you. They're into this idea of you that isn't real, that you've created. Which is what social media creates. It creates fake versions of yourself. Isn't it? What do I do with my hands? <sighs> I don't like it. You know. I'm wearing a suit today. Because this is important. I got this for 12 quid. From the charity shop. I feel like a gangster. My mum said I look like a gangster. I said great. That's what I was going for. Like Tom Hardy and Legend or something like that. Although he did have the nice dark blue one. 
and he wasn't wearing a roll neck. I feel a bit more like a Von Bond villain in this roll neck, or like a football manager or something. But anyway, well, let's get on. And uh, what were we talking about? Making people happy that uh, we don't even know. And what else have I written on here? Then we die anyway, having kept happy the miserable do-gooder. And that's what I hate as well. You know, people that pretend to like care about something because they think other people will like them, but really they're just miserable twats. Fuck off. Fuck off. Do you know what I mean? The only way to be happy is by working on yourself and doing things that you actually want to do with people who you actually want to hang out with. Don't hang around with people you don't want to hang out with. Even if it's at work, fuck them. Who gives a shit? It's like bollocks. Let's stop pretending we're something we're not and be who we are. Because if we're not, then all of this is fucking pointless. <coughs> you know, what use is this, I ask you? For food gives us energy, helps us gain strength. So do real connections to tangible things, to people, family. Do not waste time on superficial media, on people you will never meet, who you secretly despise anyway. I'm a man, I like making stuff, I like comedy. You know, the ooh, the stuff people get offended about. It makes me laugh. Laughter heals me, I love it. To laugh is to live in the moment. It is pure feeling. I really do believe that comedy is an art form. I would say especially the dirtiest, most darkest stuff. It draws you in. Where are you going with it? Where are you going with this? Then bang! Laughter. Relief. Fear. Should I laugh? Of course, it's a joke. You know? I like dark humour. I like it a lot. And you probably do as well. And it's okay to laugh at things. It's okay to laugh at a kid who fell over and broke his arm. Because in that moment you found it funny. Because you just thought... <laughs> you know, it's alright. It's okay. It's funny. It's like you've been framed. We're all laughing at that. One of the best shows out there. Me and my brother used to play, you've been framed. We used to play it, we made it into a game. We used to just hurt ourselves some pur hurt. <laughs> hurt ourselves on purpose. We used to go around the garden on a bike and then we'd just like try and push each other off. Or we'd just like run around and then fall over, throw a ball at each other's heads, uh, throw things at each other. And we didn't have a camera or anything. We just did it. It was just, just using our imagination. You've been framed. The game. Hilarious. People getting hurt is funny. Not always. Not if they, not if they die. If they die in a funny way, like they've got a butt plug up their ass, but it's attached to a firework, and then it explodes, and then some gasoline around, and then they... that's funny. I mean, it's a tragedy, but it's also funny. It's like when you get rich people that die from having like a fucking belt around their neck with a plastic bag tucked into the belt around their head, and they're like, 
the, the wanking off. I don't know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Is it not? I think it is. I mean, rich people dying from, what's it called? Something, asphyxiation. Well, I don't know what it's bleeding called. I'm not a doctor. But, uh, that's just for like some billionaire who's wanking, he's been a dirty dog in a cupboard somewhere and he's just suffocated himself because he's just a horny devil who's got millions of pounds in the bank. Doesn't know whether anyone really likes him or not because he's got all this money and really is miserable inside. But he puts a smile on when he goes out because he's on all these drugs like, you know, flipping Xanax, some kind of benzo maybe an opioid maybe <laughs> weed I don't know something I don't like drugs by the way they scare me I don't want to be more crazy although I, I think drugs are something you can take when you're feeling good with people that you like being around but never something to take when you're feeling miserable and you're depressed and you're around people you don't like and you're in a shit house somewhere with mold on the walls and then that's not the time to take them. But if you're healthy and you're feeling good and you want to have like a psychedelic experience one weekend in someone's mansion that you know, go right ahead. Because it's probably not gonna lead to as much damage as it is if you're in poverty. I think that is why as a society, it, we sort of glamorise it when it's the rich doing it and not poor people. I understand why people that are in poverty get addiction problems. Why anyone that's going through kind of any kind of adversity actually would would it becomes a problem because then they use it as a, as a as a crutch, and then it becomes this thing they do, and then their whole life spirals down into a self-destructive mess and it's terrible absolutely awful terrible conceptual art is funny people love to shit on it so they take a shit and put it in a gallery too me and my friend John we laughed at a piece of art called shithead in a gallery in Hamburg and there were some Germans and the security guards, the invigilators, stared at us like we were weird for laughing at fucking shit in a box. A shit in a box in a gallery. And you're not laughing at that. And you're not taking that seriously. Like, I'll, I'll take it seriously as a joke, as a piss take, but not as a fucking brilliant, you know, sculpture. Because it's not a brilliant sculpture, but it's brilliant that it makes you laugh. And if you can't laugh at something, it's funny. Art galleries, some of them are fucking stupid like that. Uh, people don't feel comfortable in them. Comfortable in them. I don't like that. I think everyone should feel comfortable in an art gallery. I think they're places that are built for the public, really. And if they're not, what's the fucking point of them? Money laundering, I think that's, I think that's it, isn't it? It's money laundering. It's 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 for the elites. It's for the elite. 
flicks of the planet to go and spend all of their money on a self-portrait of Mark Quinn made of his own shit. Fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what. Well done, Mark Quinn. Well done. Shithead, fantastic artwork. You got it into a gallery in Berlin. You hoodwinked them. I mean, they like all that shit stuff over there in Germany. They make a lot of scat porn. So maybe that's why it's there and not in the UK. I know he made one out of blood and he had, I think he had that somewhere in London. I'm not sure about the shithead in London, but I'm sure that he did it one out of blood and they like that there. But I guess there's a lot of stabbing going on in London, so maybe that's why. But I'm not sure. But yeah, stabbing's bad. Don't do that. <laughs> but yeah. And we saw a bloke, a video of a bloke in this gallery, right? And it looked like the skit from Monty and Python where they do all the like the funny walks. And that was funny too. And we laughed at that. And the people looking at us, why, why are you laughing? This is art. Yeah, it's funny. Not the like. What emotions are you supposed to feel when you look at art? Because what's this? Just like looking like. What fucking emotion is that? Just staring at staring at something for ten seconds, and then walking off. What emotion is that? Surely you're supposed to look at work and feel something. If I want to laugh, that's a valid feeling I'm having. It's a valid experience. Every experience that you have is a valid experience. And this is censorship as well. We sort of pretend not to find something funny to impress people around us that we don't even fucking know. Or to, like, we're making ourselves more uncomfortable by pretending or suppressing something that is natural. It's like holding in a fart. Just fucking fart. Lay it out. I don't give a shit. You know, we also, when we got back, and went for some dinner. We went to a restaurant on a boat. It was, I remember it well. There was a drag queen. I thought, this is hilarious. There's a drag queen dressed up in full drag in a nice restaurant. I thought, this is brilliant. This is Berlin right here. I love it. Outside, candle lit dinner with my best mate, having dessert, and then he went, <coughs> just did the biggest burp, and we round all these fancy, well-dressed people, and he just went, <coughs> and then I was like, bloody hell. And he said, what? We're never going to see any of these people again. And I, you know, I just thought, oh, I'm so embarrassed. But then he's right. I'm never going to say that's just hilarious. Why not act like a complete and utter ape all the time? We are men and women. And we all have, you know, gastro <laughs> uh, farts and burps and, and shit. Why don't we just all let it out all the time? We're just suppressing our emotions. We're suppressing the gas. We should be farting. We should be fighting and fucking, you know, burping all the time. Fighting and burping all the time. That's just my honest opinion, to be honest. If you're not fighting and burping, then what are you even doing? What are you even doing? You're not living, that's for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm quite judgmental with people that don't fart or burp. Pretty judgmental. It's like Shrek, innit? 
Shrek is an ogre and he once said to Fiona better out than in and I love that what a brilliant philosophy a brilliant philosophy for life for mental health a lot of men they suppress their feelings and then it leads to these downward spirals like we talked about earlier with addiction and that's not good we need to let it out because if you don't let it out you'll get belly ache so let it out and you will feel good and nice I tell you what I like boobs um, I'd say I'm an arse man I'm say, I'd say I'm a, I'd say I'm, a, I'd say I'm an arse man I like a big arse I just think that it's nice and it's soft and I like to feel it up and um, they just make me happy so I just want to say congratulations to all of the voluptuous women out there that have beautiful big bums if you're listening to this podcast thank you very much for listening to it I really appreciate it um, jiggle that ass for me I, I, I bring that up because earlier I was at the gym and then the song come on didn't it the booty song I like big butts in a cannot lie my other brothers can't deny when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist I guess that one I was just like this is the best song ever best song to work out to like I'm just thinking of like this song and loads of women with big bums twerking around this bloke singing this song and it's like it's not the best song in the world but when it comes on I'm like mm, mm, mm. I like it it's good Some I had it on in here once and someone said oh, I thought you were listening to that ironically fucking, I hate that the first time I heard of enjoying something ironically was when I was at dinner with my best mate and his sister and his sister's partner and she said oh you know that lamp over there this was in Bristol by the way in Stokescroft which is like the hipster bit of Bristol it's not really it's just fucking shithole and I used to say this is a shithole it's a trendy part it's like the student part and it's weird because it's like that bit's also I think that's near Clifton which is like where all the rich rich wankers go Clifton's nice but you get all these sort of toffee toffs Toffee toffs, right? That's posh. What what the fuck were I saying? I was saying about how, how this uh, this lady, right, or mate's sister, told me that all oh, that that lamp is ironic, and I was like, it's a fucking lamp. Just it's the style of the interior in there. We're just like, you know, shabby chic. It's not ironic. But these people, they're getting the red that. You know, you can't just enjoy things like the patina of this leather chair that my dad went all the way to Blackpool to get to me, to get for me, and then brought to my old flat. Like I, I like it. It's old. It's got a nice patina to it. A nice lampshade, shade from the 80s doesn't have to be ironic. Someone might absolutely love that. There's nothing wrong with absolutely loving something from the past, but the way things were made. It's actually very good because we're preserving a design. Des preserving design is brilliant. Do you not think? It's like this suit, you know. 
Why don't people wear suits all the time? I'm going to start wearing them all the time. Why not? You know, because there's so many of them in these charity shops. People just get rid of. Wait, I'm going to burp. Sorry. Oh, that was horrible. Sorry. Oh, it tastes funny in my mouth. I've got some really nice coffee here from a very good coffee shop in Leicester called Saints of Mocha. And this coffee, I forget what it's called, but it's beautiful. I highly recommend going there. I go there for all of my very important meetings with very important people. Having very important meetings with very important people is very much part of being an artist. Did you know that? How to make money as an artist. How do you do it? What's the secret? First of all, you have to make work. Second of all, you have to be good at talking about the work. Third of all, you have to make a lot of work. Basically, you have to be very prolific. Then you've got to get your head around making a website, talking about what the work's about, just putting the title, the medium, and the size. And it's good if you can get a shop on there. Take high quality pictures of your work and put prints for sale. And don't undersell them. Put prints for sale, high quality photographic prints for sale of your work. Sell them anywhere from £30 upwards, depending on the sizing. And you'll see that you'll, you'll sell a lot of those. I would also say go to as many gallery openings and private views and things as you can. Meet other artists. Surround yourself with people who you want to be like and don't take advice from people that aren't where you want to be because they'll just put a fucking... Mm -mm. Don't do that. Oh, don't want to do that. Don't want to do that, mate. Yeah, but who the fuck are you? So fuck off. I'm brilliant. You have to get that, that sort of mentality you need to get. Like, that sort of mentality you need to get. You need to believe that you're good and you're brilliant because you are. If you fucking act like it, then you are, aren't you? You dress up in your studio clothes, you go and you make paintings every day or every other day or uh, uh, how often you can put aside time to do it, you fucking do it. And before you know it, you know, a year's gone by and you've made a lot of work and you've recorded that work on a regular basis and now you've got a PDF of all of your available work that you can send to galleries and you can take an iPad with you or a print out of all of these works with the title the medium and the size on them with you in your pocket to openings and events and you can make friends and then you can say to your friends I'd really like to have a, a solo exhibition or I'd really like to take part in a group show or I'd really like to curate an exhibition do you know anyone that could help me with that don't ask direct and if you're going to ask someone direct make sure you you, you bring value to them for instance, you can say, I'd really like to help you with this. How could I help? Simple stuff like that. What you really want to be looking at is sales stuff on YouTube. You know, we, sh we shouldn't be afraid of talking about money and how to advertise and all of this stuff as artists, because that is what helps us to have a sustainable practice and be able to paint funky shit all the time, which is more fun than working a stupid, shitty, minimum wage job at a fucking restaurant and getting told what to, no one wants to be told what to do. I want to work with people that ask me to do things or they'll say, would you mind doing this? I'll pay you this much. And I'll be like, of course I'll do that. Yeah, of course, mate. Yeah. 
and they want to pay you because you're fucking brilliant. Unlike these fucking minimum wage jobs and fucking shit. Don't get one of them. Don't even fucking bother. Live, sacrifice, living like a king for a bit, like I am. I'm not fucking living in the best fucking pad. I'm living, you know, very frugally at the minute, saving up, making lots of paintings, and just going for everything I see, and fucking off everything. It's any any negativity, I'm fucking it off. And that's how that's how you fucking get shit done. <gasps> so get shit done. Bup, 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 bup. Yeah. Yeah. Don't mean to talk about a lot of this shit. In Man Up. Now Man Up is this book I made. Because I was all depressed at the start of the year. It's like, I was dating someone and then we didn't really get, you know, I, I was like, I fell for the idea of her and I put her up on a bit of a pedestal and I was love bombing and, you know, not buying her gifts and shit. And it was good. It was fun. Like we had some good times. But then I was just like, you know, it got a bit obsessive. I think we both were. We both were buying each other shit and texting too much. And it was like a few weeks into this thing. And it was just so silly and too fast and rushed and horrible. And it made me feel like shit. And I'd just gotten out of another one. And I was just like, right, I really need to like just focus on me. And I need to get healthy and get fit. So I did. And I was one step at a time, you know. It didn't all happen at once. I went to therapy as well. And then I quit that after a few weeks because the therapist said, I don't think you really need to come. Because I'd booked a half marathon. And then I started training for this half marathon. That's what I was obsessed with. Obsessed with. And I started journaling. And that really helped because I was figuring stuff out. What, what's making me feel this way? Ah, uh, this, this, this and this. And then I sorted myself out. And yeah, there's ups and downs. And then my dad died later in the year. And I was like, well, this is fucking shit. And then there was a girl I was hanging out with. Fucking stupid bitch. Uh, don't hang out with her anymore. There's people in your life that you think are your friends, but aren't really your friends. And I fucking tell people, this, this twat, don't hang around with them they're a user and they don't listen so you can't change other people but you can change yourself and you can change who you hang around with and who you spend time with what you do and what you consume you can only control yourself I learned that from reading stoicism and just general self-help books you can only change yourself it's like with addicts if you've got an addict as a family member you'll know you'll, you'll fully understand they, they won't listen to you they won't listen to you. They have to want to change. And shouting at them and getting angry at them and calling them pathetic for what they're doing is only going to make it worse. It's not going to help. But if you change your behaviours and the way you act and you start to become healthier, maybe a little bit of that will rub off on them because they're hanging around you because you're living with them or whatever. <laughs> Pardon me, sorry. Yeah. I think it's good to look after your body. I think it really is. I mean, I've been gym this morning. I did my shoulders. I did my shoulders. I did the military press. 
Viking fresh. Viking press. Shoulder press. Lat raises. Front raises. And then I did the triceps, the skull crushes. I did the V-bar pull downs. The V-bar pull downs. And then I did rope splits. Uh, lighter weight for high repetitions. And I really wanted to get a pump on today and I did and it was great. And getting a pump is fantastic. Once you've gone to the gym for a good few weeks, it will stop like aching. I know when I started, I was like, this is fucking horrible. I'm aching the morning after or whatever. But now I don't really, because my body's got used to it. So if you put yourself through a bit of suffering, this is what I call good suffering, good suck, good suck, good adversity. It prepares your body and it, your body gets used to it. Gets used to be being putting, being, being put through shit. Making you better able to cope with shit when it happens. So if I hadn't have had that bad experience at the start of the year with this bird, then I don't think I would have been able to cope with my dad dying as well as it did because I had started this self-improvement journey. I had started to take better care of myself, diet, exercise, mind, journaling, having a rest day every week and, and scheduling that in. And there's times where I, or I fell down a bit and I, I, I smoked some roll-ups when my dad died, obviously, it's okay. But then I quit again and I got back on it. And it's okay if you like slip up. Even if it's for a few weeks, you can always fucking start the self-improvement train again. And it's never too late to fucking quit the bad shit, start the good shit again. It doesn't matter if you put on a few pounds, you'll lose them again. It's okay. It's all right. You just got to keep going. Like we all go through shit and we all understand we go through shit. It's just overcoming it. We should help each other out though. That's something I've learned. You know, I've got a piece of paper up there and it says, check in with friends and family. Make sure they are okay. Because sometimes I'll forget and I make sure I text my mates every now and then, not all the time. I don't want to wind them up. But, um, you know, sometimes you're not, you're not heard from someone for a long time, especially blokes. Like a lot of us, we just like, we like being on our own and doing our own thing. But then we, we start to feel a bit sad, and a bit lonely. And we're like, oh, I don't feel like I've not socialised in a few weeks or a few months. I've not been out and seen my best mate or I've not seen a family or whatever. You've got to make time for it. You've got to schedule it in. It's good to have stuff to look forward to. Um, life is hard. It's hard for everyone. This is where I, where I, uh, I disagree with like all of this political shit. Because it's, it's like someone will go through something bad uh, who's rich and then people will be like, oh, when you've got all that money though, how can you be depressed? It's fucking horrible that, isn't it? It's so horrible. And it's, it's dehumanising someone and it's not very nice because they're probably having a terrible time and you don't even know. They're probably not even in control of their own company anymore because they're doing so well they've probably got a group of people telling them what to do and they're just like the the dude who's you know 
put forward as like the CEO or whatever, but really they don't do anything like Joe Biden because he's a fucking nutcase, isn't he? He doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Sausage. I mean, I understand that you wanted the Democrats in instead of the Republicans, but they're basically the same thing. Because Obama, Obama did his drone strike, and then Biden's not helping with his ceasefire in Gaza. And I, you know, I understand that Hamas are fucking terrible and they hover glided and killed all those people and fucking pulled a baby out of a pregnant woman's stomach. So I think they're fucking horrible and need to be fucking destroyed as well. But I also think that the, uh, the Israeli uh, defense killing kids is horrible. Like we're so desensitized to like seeing buildings blown up if it's in the Middle East. We're desensitized to it because we see all the news all the time. It's like, oh no, that's happened again. Oh, I'm going to watch The Simpsons. And I'll fucking do it because I don't want to watch babies being killed, babies and children being killed just because Hamas might be in the fucking same building. And they're, they're saying, oh, they're using civilians as um, armor or bodyguards. So don't fucking blow them up then. Because if they did that in this country, we wouldn't blow a whole building up if there were a bunch of innocent people inside and there was like a few terrorists. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Civilised people are saying what Israel is doing is civilised. Having been, having me having been to Auschwitz, to Poland to learn about the Holocaust when I was at school because I was very interested in learning about everything, history. Having been in a room full of children's shoes, hundreds, thousands of children's shoes, couldn't find one pair of shoes, just single shoes. The horror of that. And it's happening all over the world. All this fucking shit's happening. I'm, this is a... I'm, I'm totally didn't even want to talk about this because I fucking hate talking about it because it makes me sad. I don't even know why I started talking about it, to be honest. But, you know, we've got people here that are Muslim. And, you know, this is, Islamophobia is rising. And, it, and it's just, it's not on. It's not on because... Most people are all right. And I've always said that. Most people are all right. We get angry at people. We pat the hooter at people. And we get angry at our phones. What the fuck are we doing? Looking. Oh, I'm looking at the fucking phone. Oh, no. What's... Oh, no. I can't believe it. Oh, fucking twat. Oh. And then you feel all miserable because you're being all negative all the fucking time. Bollocks. Be positive. Be nice. You don't have to be a hippie. You don't have to be a lefty loony. Just say blowing up children is wrong. Both sides, I don't give a shit. You know, they're all fucking terrible. Killing people is wrong. That's always been my stance. I'm not going to go and fucking kill someone. Maybe I'll feel like it in the heat of the moment, but I don't do it. I do it to protect myself and my family and people that needed to be protected. But I wouldn't just, you know, fucking sit in here pressing a button to make a rocket hit a building a few miles away because there might be some sausage you fucking you know it's part of this group uh, wankers fucking wankers none of them eat pork I love bacon anyway you know I don't get it I don't get it because I've got Muslim friends and, and they drink and they smoke and they do all this other stuff, but they won't eat pork. 
I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with pork? Bacon's like the best thing in the world. I don't get it. I've never understood it. And the Jewish people don't don't have it either. I don't get this bacon. It's beautiful. Part some sometimes you get bacon. It's a bit watery and a bit funny, but most of the time, especially smoked bacon, beautiful. And I know it's not the best because it's like processed and stuff. But oh, come on, come on, nice bacon sandwich with brown sauce. I'll tell you what I had the other day, I had a massive, like, it was a big hot dog. Well, not a hot dog, a sausage baguette, a Wolves one from uh, the co-op. And it was beautiful. And I was like, this is fantastic. Before I went to the gym, imagine that on a cut. I think I've given up the cut now. But as long as I'm, I'm running, I ran a marathon the other day. I just did it. I felt like doing it, so I did it. My knee hurts. But I fucking ran 26 miles. How did I do that? I only started running at the start of the year. Because I felt pain and I thought, you know what? Physical pain is better than this fucking feeling like shit all the time. And then you feel better about yourself when you do hard things. Because you're like, if I can do that, then I can do that. If I can do that, then I can do that. And then before you know it, you're up here. You've got to keep it steady though. You've got to keep it steady. You don't, you don't want to, like, it's going to be like that. You don't want it to be like that. You want it to be like that. Ups and downs and ups and sometimes it's going to go But that's when you pick yourself up and you be kind to yourself and you keep up the good habits and you don't pick up a bottle and you don't try and go and get some stupid pills or whatever the fuck you like doing. But yeah, bacon, you know what I mean? Fuck. There's a lot of silly things in religion that I just don't understand and I'm sure made sense 2,000 odd years ago, but not now. I mean, I heard pigs eat anything. I'm sure my dad told me a story about one of his mates on a farm that threw up and then the pig just started eating all the sick because he ate anything. And then they like eat toenails and apparently people are just like feeding them fucking rubbish now plastic and shit and it's getting into them but bacon's fucking beautiful i'm sorry i'll still eat bacon and fucking pork chops and sausages i don't give a shit because it's tasty i used to be a vegan for two years and a vegetarian for like seven and i started eating meat again i was like yeah <laughs> this is fucking beautiful i love it i love it it's nice especially a steak you know, like getting a nice big steak. Mm. I had two eight-ounce steaks because they didn't have a bigger one. So I had two eight-ounce steaks when I went for a family meal the other weekend. Oh, it's great. And I'm pretty sure a few days before I had that, a 30-ounce T-bone at a bit of a fancy restaurant. It was, it was beautiful. And I just love steaks. Now, beef is probably the most, the most beautiful meat in the world. I love it a lot. I follow a lot of these carnivore accounts and, and I like them and I agree with a lot of the stuff they say, but at the same time, I also think, you know what? I fucking love eating a donut sometimes, so I'll eat a donut. Like, if I'm being really disciplined, like, I won't eat shit like that most of the time. But if I want one, and I've been to the gym all week, and I've been on a run, I'm gonna have one. Like I've, I had, I've had two times this week. I've had like a, a pack, a pack, a, a pack, a stack of pancakes, 
like a good three, four inches um, thick stack of pancakes drizzled in, in maple syrup and, um, and butter. And it was, oh, it was beautiful. And it's great fuel. In the morning, you might feel a bit more. So have a, have a nice big gulp of water, have about a pint of water in the morning. Then like do a shit, have your coffee and do a shit. I always have a coffee so I can do a shit before I'm doing exercise. And I like to shower after I've shat so I'm nice and clean. And then I go in the ice bath after I've showered. Because if I'm clean when I go in the ice bath, then it's not going to get as dirty as fast. And this time of year it's cold, so it's not getting as dirty, I've found, as it has been. So I don't even have to clean it really in the winter because it's so cold that bacteria is not growing at such a fast rate. But I will tell you this, all you raw denim heads out there, all you fucking hipster twats out there, like I was, like I will be in the future when I have more money, all you hipster twats who like raw denim, putting your jeans in the freezer doesn't get rid of the dirt. If anything, it makes, them, it makes all the germs dormant for a bit, and then you take them out and they're fucking going at it again. You need to clean your jeans. Because you'll, you'll do it, especially if you're a bloke, because you'll do a piss and you'll fucking be shaking your cock and, and then you'll get a bit of piss on your jeans. And after six months, which is how long they tell you to wear raw denim for, to like wear it in or whatever, to get the nice wrinkles on it, that you can just go and buy a pair from a charity shop that are already worn in and really comfortable. Anyway. Um, but you'll have piss all over your fucking jeans and shit and that it's gonna stink you're not worried about that i think that washing fabric makes it last longer like even the the uh the owner of levi said oh don't yeah don't wash your jeans as much it's bad for the environment you know what is bad for the environment producing new clothes all the time do you know how much water it takes to produce a pair of jeans i'm sure it's fucking lot to make all the cotton for it and take the cotton and make thread out of it and then use the thread to make the fabric and then cut the fabric and then da, 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 da. there's all this big process to make a pair of jeans someone's going to wear for a few months and then it's going to get a hole in the crops because you've not fucking washed them and then you fucking throw them away because you don't know how to repair things anymore you know what i did though i, I learned how to darn things and how to patch things so i just patch them up and i thought that looked quite cool patching stuff up but you don't want to fucking like just buy high quality clothes like dickies trousers are really good really i use them all i wear them all the time dickies if you if you're seeing this and you like my style send me some uh free gear email me ask me my size and i'll, I'll give you all my information but yeah high, high quality workwear most of the time really good but jeans are shit they're like like i'm pretty sure they were producer people because of hard wearing but they're not that fucking hard wearing you've got to wash stuff it makes it last longer if you take care of things it lasts longer it's like a car it's like yourself if you don't wash your face is going to look all mucky like it's the same thing with your clothes it just doesn't make sense you have this one item of clothing and you don't wash it, it doesn't make any sense because you wash everything else people are just stupid they'll just believe anything because you know oh, it makes the fades nice Come on, man. Stupid. What else don't I like? I like ranting. It's kind of fun, isn't it? It's kind of a bit 
Like sometimes I don't like ranting because I don't want to sound like I'm complaining, but sometimes it's kind of funny. Like you'll hear like stand-ups um, complaining about stuff on stage, but they do it in such a way with all the timing and stuff that you laugh. Yeah, a bit of a laugh is nice. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Discipline with a smile, celebrating progress, not perfection. Celebrate progress and enjoy the process of growth itself. Not every day is going to feel good, but try to enjoy hard work you put in and not just think about the end goal. When we fall in love with loving ourselves, with improving our well-being physically. I don't know why I'm taking the piss out of my own book. You should buy this. <laughs> it's called Man Up. And uh, I wrote it to help blokes, women, non-genders. Non-genders? Non-binaries, trans, whatever. I even talk about any agenda. Even talk about it, because that's another thing where where I'm not where I'm like, I don't get all this gender ideology stuff where everyone's like, well, I don't want my fucking kids near a man in a wig. Well, you know what? I don't give a shit. What what you fucking do? In fact, I've dated people that um, non-binary. I don't care. All the power to them if if that if that's if that's the way they feel. Why don't you just let them be who they are? This is what I like about this country. We're free to express ourselves in who we are. I mean, you know, if someone looks fucking weird, though, it's a right to think they look fucking weird. Just don't make fun of them. Don't stare at people. My mum told me when I was younger, if I ever saw someone, <laughs> this is different. All right, I, I'm comparing people with gendered this, that, or the other with dwarfs. But she always told me, right, if you ever see a dwarf small person small person right you shouldn't stare or if someone who's got disability you shouldn't stare and uh you know and i understand it too because i'm fucking retarded i'm disabled i've got the all uh the asperger's asperger's right i've got that if you couldn't tell uh but i used to like overreact things a lot of the time maybe i still do in my head but i've i've come to be able to deal with it through doing research and reading and therapy and exercising putting myself through things I've got better at it but I used to get people like they'd shove into me because I was little I was a little kid you know as we all are when we're little we're little and you'd get people like jumping in front of me in line and I'd be like oi yeah I was in the fucking line and then they, yeah, they'd feel embarrassed a kid calling them out for being rude or like someone sh like barging into you in a supermarket. I'll be like, right, fuck you. You fucking Or I ran out of the um, the opticians in the local supermarket, uh, a shopping centre, because they were trying to put an eye drop in my eye and it really hurt. And I was like, like Rain Man. I was literally like that. Because I've got it. So sometimes I'm like that. But I'm not like it now. But sometimes I'm like... And it's hilarious. It's funny. But you shouldn't stare because it makes you feel bad. And yeah, like sometimes you can't control stuff. Like people with with these things, they can't control it. So you shouldn't stare. So if someone's wearing a wig and, and they're, they're trying to be a woman. Or they, they feel like they are that. Or whatever the right wording is. I'm sorry. Uh then don't stare at them and don't make fun of them because you're just being a knobhead. 
And then you can't really feel bad or get upset when they come back to you and say, well, you're all fucking straight, white, man, man, man. Well, you're fucking aggravating them, so they're going to aggravate you, and then it's just a back and forth, and it's like Israel and Palestine, or Hamas and the IDF, rather, not the innocent civilians. Everyone just loves a bit of this and that and the other, don't they? But if you just fucking, you need to put your blinkers on, and just like, if you, you see yourself getting annoyed at something, just fucking, you know. Obviously, it's fun to make fun of people, but do it in private with your loved ones. Make fun of the disabled in private with your loved ones, or if you're a comedian, that could be part of your set. That's hilarious. Make fun of them. I don't give a shit. Like, even if they go to the shit, it's equality, as far as I see it. Because if you pretend that they don't exist, and then, and then, and sometimes they're not, you know, funny, then you're basically just lying and you're suppressing something. So actually, I think it's good to, to joke about everything. I think everything's up for joking about. Even rape. Sorry, I know there's some people that really don't like that, but it depends what the joke is. Obviously, if you're talking to, like, you know, a victim of something or other and you're making a joke, I'm pretty sure that I've fucking done that and they've laughed. So it's definitely how you do it. But anyway, I've been Jack Halford. This has been the first episode of the Jack Halford podcast on video. You've been the audience. If you like this, give it a thumbs up. If you didn't, give it a thumbs down. If you liked it, give it a comment and tell me what you liked. If you didn't like it, give me a comment and tell me how fucking shit I am and that I'm a retard. I love it. I love it because it on the side <clears throat> turns me on. I like being bullied. Not really. Please don't be mean to me. It makes me want to kill myself. But yeah, thank you very much. Tune in next Sunday for another episode of the Jack Halford Podcast. You've been great. I've been handsome. Love you loads. Bye-bye.